Hello, world. I'm Greg Patton. Stand by. So someone said it's it's easy. It's just like riding a bicycle. How many years has it been since you have ridden a bicycle, my friend? Some things you just don't forget, right? I mean, there are so many things that can never be forgotten. But God's love for his children is far more deeply imprinted than any other fading memory that you might. In fact, God can't forget them. This is exactly what the Israelites needed to hear when the exile left them feeling abandoned by him. Back in the book of Isaiah, chapter 49, and his response through Isaiah was, well, hey, I will never forget you, verse 15. God promised us to care for his people, you, and that promise was more certain than a mother's love for her baby. To assure them of his unchanging love, he gave them a picture of his commitment. See, I have ingrained you in the palm of my hands, verse 19. It's a beautiful image of God's constant awareness of his children, you and me. Names and faces always before Almighty God. And yet, still today, we can easily feel overlooked. We can feel forgotten. How comforting to remember that we're etched on God's hands, always remembered, always cared for, and always loved by the Father. When have you felt forgotten or abandoned by God lately? In what ways has God always been present with you to remind you of his constant love for you? John 3.16, good reading today. Lord, I want to thank you that you've never forgotten me. When I feel abandoned by other people, and that can happen, help me to remember and rest in your never-ending constant love. Some great thoughts to get started. What in the world is going on? Things changing rapidly in the Middle East. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu says the Israeli-Hamas conflict is now reaching the beginning of the end and called on all Hamas soldiers to surrender now. Netanyahu acknowledged that the war remains in full swing but said Hamas soldiers are already surrendering by the dozens to Israeli troops now. The IDF remains focused on locating Hamas leader Yenya Sinwar. They lay down their weapons and surrender themselves to our heroic warriors, he said. It's going to take more time, and the war is in full swing. But I say to all of you Hamas terrorists, the war is over. Don't die for Sinwar. Surrender today. Yeah, they're going to they're gonna kill every one of them sooner or later. You shouldn't mess with Israel. No one ever should. They will, and they will have a bloody end. Well, this one's kind of a shocker. The odds may still be stacked against her in the Republican primary. Talk about Nikki Haley. But the former South Carolina governor, if she were to capture the nomination, a stunning new poll came out today suggesting in the general election she would be president with a cakewalk. According to a new poll out from the Wall Street Journal, Haley, in a hypothetical one-on-one -on -one matchup with fake President Joe Biden, she currently has a remarkable, get this, 17-point lead over Biden. Should the matchup materialize and the margin hold, it would represent the largest winning general margin since way back in 1984 when President Ronald Reagan topped Walter Mondale by 18 points. Of course, in order for that matchup to happen, Haley would have to beat former President Donald Trump in the primary, and most recent polls 
show her trading by 40 points. Isn't this politics strange, isn't it? Come on, Donald, make her your vice presidential nominee. I wonder if that's possible. They're getting tired of it. Who's they? The United States of America. They called Sunday for Beijing to halt its dangerous and destabilizing actions in the disputed South China Sea after a Philippine boat and Chinese Coast Guard ship collided near the contested reef. Both countries, well, they blamed one another for the incident, the latest such confrontation in the contested sea area. China continues to do strange things to when our airplanes come in the area or any of the ships. Yeah, dangerous actions. But then these people are demon-led. Wait a minute, where are all you people going? Thousands of conservative-leaning Washington residents have fled the deep blue state for neighboring Idaho. Voter data published by the Gem State shows this to be true. Published in the Idaho Secretary of State's office shows that out of the nearly 119,000 people who recently moved there, 65% registered as publicans, compared to just 12% registered as the demons or Democrats. And what about down there in Florida? 321,000 people moved to Florida in 2022. Well, here's another new one. You're not welcome here, fatso. Sitting in the foothills of the hiking and skiing mecca of America, there in the Rocky Mountains, Boulder, Colorado, isn't known as America's fittest city for nothing. No, no, that skiing, that mountain bike, that jogging before you go to work, everybody's doing it. It sits about 5,400 feet above sea level, so endurance athletes from all over the world come to train in Boulder. Their social calendar is packed with a daunting series of strenuous events, including the annual 10-kilometer road race that attracts, what, 50,000 runners, really? And then you can take a plunge into the iced over lake, and then you can go to Tube to Work Day, which commuters hurtle down the rapids of a river clinging to a a car tire, the inner tube anyway. What are we talking about here? And then there's the annual Halloween dash where residents run naked down the city. Really, this all happens in Boulder, Colorado. But here's the problem. If you happen to have a weight problem, oh, they look down on you there. Across America, politicians have been planning laws to add a, a person's weight now to the list of characteristics such as race, age, religion, and sexual orientation that should be protected from discrimination. Wow. Plus-size people, you're either not welcome or it's going to be a new law. Urged on by fat pride groups. There's such a group out there which have sometimes served as official advisors. Several other states are considering a similar law, including New York, Massachusetts, Vermont, and New Jersey. Yep. You're going to be protected in all areas. Somebody says something bad about you because of your weight. Oh, we could be going to court. Well, it's been nearly a, a week now, and more than 500 Harvard faculty members have supported University President Claudine Gay in a letter to the school board on Sunday following that intense blowback from a congressional hearing about the rise of anti-Semitism on campuses where Gale there at Harvard failed to clearly state whether calls for the genocide of Jews violated the Ivy League school rules. That's just so stupid. 
This is supposed to be a very smart school, right, Harvard? The Harvard Corporation, the Harvard Board of Overseers, the university's second highest governing body there, met Sunday amid mounting pressure from donors and lawmakers to remove Gay from her post as president. According to the Harvard Critson and Harvard Corporation, they're weighing whether to make public statements in support of Gay or not. University of Pennsylvania president we shared last week, uh, Liz McGill, who testified alongside Gay. They all looked and sounded terrible. Anyway, that gal resigned on Saturday. By contrast, just two days after the fiery hearing, MIT's executive committee had pledged full and unreserved support for MIT president Sally Kornbluth, saying she's a champion. You know what changes all of this? What, what happened there at the uh, University of Pennsylvania? Uh, oh, like $100 million in grants are going to be withdrawn from somebody. I don't know if it's a grant or just a donation. I don't know how you call it. Anyway, when the money goes away, everything changes quickly. And I'm sure it would happen at Harvard and MIT as well. Yeah, a few hundred million dollars disappears. Well, maybe we should make a change. Just saying. Well, Elon Musk reinstated the account of conspiracy theorist Alex Jones on X, formerly known as Twitter, reneging on a year-ago vow to keep Jones off the network. Jones was previously suspended from Twitter back in 2018 for violating the company's abusive behavior policy. That suspension deemed permanent under the company's prior management came as, well, Jones faced a defamation lawsuit for spreading the false claim that Sandy Hook Elementary School's shooting there was an absolute hoax. Now, this guy's come out with a lot of good stuff over the years, but that's just crazy. Isn't it amazing how we can ruin something good with just a single thought or a single theory? But anyway, Musk says, hey, put him back on. Let's hear from... Alex Jones, once again, on Twitter X. Okay, let's do a different version of living in today's world. Let me ask you, do you know, have ever heard of Mr. Beast? I mean, sometimes I think I'm pretty well-rounded here. I mean, I check on about 25 news sources every day to find out what's happening in the world before we do Hello World. And so never heard of Mr. Beast. Bill Mayer, he's one of the lefty loonies, he slammed the woke media, the left-leaning loonies that are demon-led. He attacked them for attacking massively successful social media star known as Mr. Beast for his charitable work all over the world. Mr. Beast is one of the most popular social media personalities in the whole world. Did not know it. He boasts 46 million followers on Instagram, over 90 million followers on TikTok, and a whopping 217 million subscribers on YouTube. In January, he provided 1,000 cataract removal surgeries to people who are legally blind. Really? Mr. Beast, real name, Jimmy Donaldson, has various charity endeavors, including rebuilding homes for tornado survivors in Kentucky, giving $20,000 to random people in need, raising funds to rebuild the Bahumal Children's Home in South Africa, raising $2.7 million for clothes and food and sending humanitarian aid to Ukraine. Boy, a lot of Christians, a lot of churches would like to do just a small percentage of this. Mr. Beast? 
He constructed 100 wells to provide clean drinking water and help 500,000 people in Cameroon, Kenya, Somalia, Uganda, Zimbabwe over their lifetime. Really? And several online commentators, officials, and news outlets have criticized him for his charity as being uh, a performative altruist. That's what they're calling him. What in the world is going on? You might want to check out Mr. Beast. What a guy. And then there's this. Do you know what your emotional intelligence rating is? I mean, there is such a thing. A Harvard psychologist put together seven things. If you say any of these, you could have an emotional problem, meaning you don't have a whole lot. Number one, I'm not changing. This is who I am. Have you ever heard that? Number two, I don't care how you feel. Number three, it's uh, your fault that I'm feeling this way today. Sure. Number four, I'm sorry, you're just wrong. Number five, stop being crazy. <laughs> Wait a minute, I use that one all. Number six, I'm sorry, I can't forgive you. Oh, talk about inviting the demons in. And uh, number seven, your feelings are just irrational. They say people who are emotionally intelligent can interrogate their feelings step outside themselves and analyze the rational and irrational aspect of the very thing they're saying. There's also good acknowledging other people's feelings, even if they don't quite measure up to where you're coming from. And uh, we could spend an hour just going through what the Bible says about this. One of the most important points would be you know, to esteem others more highly than yourself. Yeah, I want to be uh, emotionally intelligent. Don't you? I'm not sure why, but I've been going back to a lot of things that started with me when I was 12 years old. One of those has to do with a book that I read. I think it was maybe 14 this time around by Harry Lorraine. Have you ever heard of him? Never finished high school, but uh, has one of the greatest memories or did have one of the greatest memories in all the world. How good is it? Let me ask you, how many people do you know the names and the faces of? In other words, this face pops up from 10 years ago in your life. Give me that person's name. Do you know what Henry Lorraine did? And uh, again, he, by his own admission, was not smart. He just used an incredible program called Association. And that's really the key to about everything you will ever remember. It goes back hundreds, if not thousands of years. Harry Lorraine was able to give you a face and a name to 20 million people. Proven. Jack Van Impey, oh, he memorized the entire Bible. He was known as the walking Bible. Point, we Christians use just a very small percentage of that thing on top of our shoulders. Enough said. Oh, and one final thought, perhaps the greatest secret in all the world for you, Christian, you are what you think about all day long. There is no escaping that. Make sure your thoughts are biblical. Where's my Bible? Life 101, right after this. Thank you for being a part of Hello World each day at this time. God has blessed in a mighty way. Seems like I've been in the media forever. Nothing has been more exciting than this program.
but it has been a blessing. We've been doing this type of program, Hello World, its predecessor living in today's world for years and years, decades, actually. Thank you for your support. You can do that through the Cross Church in Fort Wayne, Indiana. I have pastored there 32 years. God's been good. Just want to say thank you to this radio station and to the listeners for being there for us. Why did the Apostle Paul write his letter to the Galatians? While the church there had many true believers, unsaved people from well, pagan backgrounds were mixed into the fellowship. They came from religions with all kinds of requirements for acceptance by their so-called gods. Christianity, on the other hand, preached salvation by grace alone, not by any works that a man can do. Ephesians chapter 2, 8 and 9. And these seekers were learning the truth. Judaizers were confusing them with the conflicting message, however, that faith in Jesus, uh, just not enough. They taught that in order to be saved, a person had to fulfill the law of Moses in addition to trusting Jesus, the Savior, the Messiah. Along with the law, they included many extra regulations that the rabbis had added to the original commands. By insisting on circumcision and other rules, Judaizers were imposing a real heavy yoke of bondage. The apostles' challenge was to counter these burdensome false claims with the truth. You shall know the truth, it'll set you free. What is that truth? That salvation is by the grace of God through faith and the atoning, sacrificial, all-sufficient, substitutionary death of Jesus Christ. So Paul's strong letter to the Galatians is essentially the believer's declaration of independence. I know it's not July the 4th. This is different. He declares that we are free from having to work for our salvation or having to measure up to some standard, some rule, some regulation. No, it's human nature to want to add to God's simple requirements of faith. We feel a lot better thinking there's something that we can do to assure our place in eternity. I've earned something. However, nothing you can do has any value whatsoever for salvation. Christ set us free from the yoke of slavery, Galatians 5.1. Paul argues that if religious rights could save, then of what benefit is Jesus? Why did he come? Besides, we can't gain God's acceptance by keeping parts of the law. James 2.10 says whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles in one point has become guilty of all. The problem is that no one except Jesus Christ could keep all the commandments. Romans 3.20, Galatians 3.24 tells us that the law was not given to save us, but to show us how absolutely sinful we are and to point out our need of a Savior. Galatians 2.16 states, by the works of the law, no flesh is going to be justified, and yet many people today are trying to do just that. If you ask them, are you saved? Going to go to heaven? They might reply, I hope so. I'm working on it. Such answers show that they are not free. They're working to earn salvation, and it's a form of enslavement. Genuine faith in God produces good works that are motivated by love rather than by a sense of guilt or an attempt to gain some heavenly favor. Unless you're certain of God's forgiveness and your eternal security, you're in bondage today. It's ironic that the unsaved consider themselves free. They think, I don't have to go to church every week. I don't have to give my money away. I don't have to carry a Bible. From God's viewpoint, these people are actually in total bondage to sin, and they fail to recognize that only the security of salvation is going to liberate them. And what about believers? 
Far too many Christians think they must perform in order to keep their right standing before God. They assume that to stay safe, they read the Bible, pray, give, help others, serve in some way. However, Scripture tells us that trusting Jesus as Savior assures us of eternal security, John 10, 28, 29, and 30, and 1 John 5, 13. We can no more do anything to lose our salvation than we can to earn it in the first place. If this were possible, then we could also do something to regain it, and in that case, salvation would be by works, which is contradictory to Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. Unfortunately, many churches add to this problem by imposing do's and don'ts for uh, believers to follow a lot of legalism. Uh, some churches impose rules about, we don't listen to music, you don't wear cufflinks, your hair shouldn't be on your ears, you don't want to play ball or read comics on Sundays. It can be an immediate bondage. Some people feel guilty every Sunday. Really? You know, rules like these only make enslavement worse by increasing a feeling of guilt and poor self-image. I pray you don't have that today. No wonder Galatians 3.10 tells us, For as many as are of the works of the law are under a curse. Christians need to realize that if it were possible to get to heaven other than by the blood of Jesus Christ, then God made a horrible mistake by needlessly crucifying His own Son. It's crystal clear in Scripture that we cannot add one single thing to grace. Our salvation is totally through the substitutionary death of Jesus on our behalf. The question is, what was God's purpose in liberating us? Some people might answer that He set us free that we can go to heaven instead of hell. That's actually a byproduct of His primary purpose, to conform us to the likeness of Jesus. His loving design for us has several aspects. He wants us to become the persons He's created us to be. God wants us to accomplish the things He's planned for us to do. And He wants us to live by the power of the Holy Spirit, which really is true freedom. In today's world, people take pride in self-sufficiency and being independent. To them, being free means having control of their life, and no one can tell them what to do or how to do it. But true freedom has more to do with the state of our soul than a position in society. And the sad truth is, those who do not know Christ are free only to rely on their own efforts to liberate them from eternal bondage. And the sad truth is, those who don't know Jesus are free only to rely on their own efforts to liberate them from bondage, and that isn't freedom at all. There's no way to experience spiritual freedom apart from Almighty God, right? Once you know Jesus Christ is Savior and the Master of your life, Protect the freedom God has given you. That is, do not let anyone else load you down again with rules and regulations because that has nothing whatsoever to do with the acceptance before God. You stand firm, Ephesians 6, 11, 13, and 14. Be on guard so that no one's going to steal your freedom in Jesus. How do you do that? By faith that He has saved you and will keep you, and by believing that you cannot add one single thing to what Christ has done for your salvation. Jesus, the only begotten Son of the living God, gave us His precious blood to purchase your freedom and mine. Do you know that wonderful liberation today? You can make it yours by placing your trust in Jesus. If you already know the freedom in God's Son, then protect your liberty by becoming His obedient servant now. 
And, sir, this is not the way to do it. A woman was taking an afternoon nap, woke up, told her husband, Just dreamed you gave me a pearl necklace. What do you think that means? You'll know tonight, honey, he said. That evening, the man came home with a small package, gave it to his wife. So excited, she opened it to find a book entitled, The Meaning of Dreams. <laughs> that sounds like something. I... Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas. Oh, that's it. And must say for another day. And that's the way it is. Monday, December the 11th, 2023. I am Greg Patton. God bless. Have a great day.